Thank you much. Great to be with you. See some friendly faces, some not so friendly. You'll get to know me, it's all right. I'm from Hull, although my accent actually is not from Hull. I'm actually originally from Brighton, right down in the south. But I've been uh, in Hull, uh, this is our 12th year. We went and started the church there, my wife and I and my son Caleb. I brought my son Caleb with me today, he's on the end there. He's the handsome looking one, takes after his mum. Uh, and uh, I've also brought with me Josh and Jen from, they're not my relatives, but they're my friends. Uh, they're moving to Hull in the next couple of weeks, uh, but they're actually living in Bradford at the moment. So what a great place to move from, from Bradford to Hull. Um, and so they're coming to help strengthen our work there in Hull. So we're really thrilled. And that's why I've invited them to come and help pray with me uh, as well, because it's great to bring, do things in team, isn't it? Wow, I'm thrilled to see what God's doing here. It's great to be here on a Sunday, and uh, it's been fantastic to see some of you from the weekend, as already has uh, been mentioned. And this morning, I just wanted us again to consider, what does it mean to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus? Of course, we do that every week at church, as we worship, as we work out things during the week. We're kind of always thinking, what is it that Jesus wants me to do? What is it to truly follow Jesus? And we're going to help us this morning by looking a bit later in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 28. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can start looking at Matthew 16. If you haven't, don't worry, the words will appear a bit later. Um, I know we've got some keen runners in the church. Any, anybody keen on hiking or walking? You know, who, who loves those sort of things? The thing is, in Bradford, I've realised as I come here again, you've got lots of hills. So you've got to be keen on walking, because you've got to go up those hills. In, in Hull, we have no hills. Have you, who's been to Hull? Who went back again? Oh, some of you did. But I noticed in Hull, you have to be, in, in Bradford, you have to be kind of keen, because everything seems to be on a hill, even getting to church if you have to walk, you have to come up the hill. And, um, but some people are really mad on hiking, walking. Who, who's got proper hiking boots? Anybody here? Oh, look at you guys. said that in Hull. People don't even know what hiking boots means. And um, I wonder, has anybody been to, hiked in the USA? Has anybody been that brave? Oh, a couple of people. Well, in the USA, there's a great, amazing place. It's called the Bridger Wilderness Area. And it's an incredible area of natural beauty. Loads of places to explore, to hike. They're kind of, there's mountains there, there's lakes, there's bears, there's eagles, there's a glacier, there's forest. And like lots of places you go, you know, you can give feedback. Lots of people nowadays do it on social media, don't you? TripAdvisor. You know, people write some funny things on TripAdvisor. They go somewhere and complain about something very minute. Or you look at TripAdvisor and you decide whether you're going to go to that hotel or not, dependent on what the last person said. Well, here in, they don't do it on the internet, but they give the, the staff as people leave the car park, they give them like a feedback card. And here is some real things from the feedback after people have been on this hike and walk across this beautiful area. Um, this is some of the comments people made. It said, trails need to be wider so people can walk while holding hands. Trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. There are too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please could you spray the wilderness to rid areas of these pests? Please could you pave the trails so they can be snow ploughed during the winter? Chairlifts need to be in some places so that we can get to the wonderful views without having to hike them. 
The coyotes have made too much noise last night and kept me awake. Please could we eradicate these annoying animals? A small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I could get reimbursed for that? Escalators would help on steep uphill sections. A McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. And this is the one I love the most. The places where trails do not exist are not well marked. Now we can laugh at visitors, but I don't know about you, but I like to have things quite easy sometimes. I don't mind going for a little walk as long as it ends up in a nice cafe or a nice pub in the countryside. You know, I like a bit of comfort at the end. And I guess in our Christian lives, we like a bit of comfort as well, don't we? Who likes a bit of comfort? I do. I like a comfy bed. I like a good night's sleep. I like my life to go as well as it can. And one of the things I hate most, actually, is camping. I know some of you love camping. I know John loves camping. You know, you go on this church camping weekend, and you camp. I mean, when, unfortunately, when I came to your weekend away, I stayed in a nice warm hut with a bit of comfort. And uh, one thing about my church movement that I, I, we're part of called Regions Beyond is they have a biannual camp it's every two years. So I, I have planned in advance. I book Premier Inn well in advance. Because if you're camping, everything seems to take forever, doesn't it? Like, you just want a cup of tea. It takes forever. And you go to get the water, and the water's not there. And then you've got to send your son to go and get the water. And then you've got to boil it. And then you can't find the matches. And... And you get to it and you think, oh, milk. Oh, the milk's gone off because I haven't spent enough money on a proper fridge for it. And, you know, I just, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I love a toilet where I'm not disturbed. You know, I just like comfort in my life. And as humans, we want to feel safe. And that's a good thing. We want to feel cozy, protected, nurtured. But actually, that's not what the Christian life should be and is like. Maybe for some of us, Christianity here, following Jesus, we think he's just cosy. After all, Jesus is God. He's loving, he's caring, he's gracious, and he knows us. And therefore, if he says, follow me, it's going to be amazing. Surely being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, means that life is going to be full of benefits. And of course... It is the benefit of having your sins forgiven. The benefit of knowing God's peace and joy. For some of us here, we're not yet Christians. Maybe we've been coming to Light Church a little while. Maybe we've been to have some support, trying to sort out our money. Or we've we've met some friendly face who's invited us in. But we wouldn't say we're a follower yet of Jesus. But you see people... And you see something about them, the joy they have, the smiles, the friendliness, the welcome you receive, the acceptance. Don't they look so happy being Christians? Well, this morning, I just want to remind us, yes, there is such joy in following Jesus. But there's a call and there's a commitment of discipleship, which at times is very uncomfortable and very Difficult Because if we're to follow and imitate Jesus as his early disciples do, then we must understand what is it that Jesus taught them, where he led them, and how he demonstrated to them the life he had for them. So let's go to these verses. There's three things I just want to draw out of these. Matthew 16, 24. It says this. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anybody give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they've done. Truly I say to you, some of you are standing here will not taste death before they see the man, the Son of God, coming in his kingdom. Jesus is bringing these words. It's about two years in uh, as these disciples, had, as Jesus called people to follow him and he's been training, he's been teaching them. They've seen Jesus bring radical miracles and healings, healing the deaf, the mute, the lame. They've seen him raise a little girl from death itself. They've seen Jesus' love and care for the poor and the marginalized. They've listened as he shared his teachings and listened to his stories, his parables. They've seen incredible miracles. They were out on the sea when Jesus came walking to them on the water. And again, on the same sea, on another occasion, he stilled a frightening storm where they felt they were going to be cast out of the boat when all fear came upon them. And Jesus just said, be still. And Jesus, as the one who has the power and involved in the very act of creation, suddenly the sea stills. That's the Jesus that they've been around. As they need to feed the crowd that was listening. There's just a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish, and Jesus multiplies it. And all of the people listening are filled. And there's food left over. Incredible. But time is getting short in Jesus' ministry. Jesus' arrest, his crucifixion, are just a short time away. And Jesus wants to make clear to his disciples what their task is. And the words that Jesus speaks to his disciples are the same words he speaks to us. They are challenging and they are provoking. So there's just three things I just want to draw out of this passage. The first thing is this. There is a choice. In verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone wants to be my disciple. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? You do. There is a choice if anyone wants. See, the suggestion here is that not everybody does want to be a disciple of Jesus. Some think they do, but they're not always choosing Christ. It's some other way. Following Jesus is a deliberate choice. It's done as an act of the will, a choice that we must make to live for Jesus and his way. It's not something you just fall into. It's not just like a bolt-on, an add-on to your life. Maybe some of us have come to Light Church and you've seen everything going on and thinking, this is great, I, I had a bit of Jesus to my life. You know, I, I liked coming, I liked the warm welcome, I liked the singing. I, I might even put my hand up in worship to see what everybody else is doing. But it's an add-on. It's just a little bit, maybe you've started to pray, but you've just added something on. And there's nothing wrong with that as you begin to move towards Jesus. But there's a decision that you have to make. There's a decision and there's a point that comes. Will I actually follow this person, Jesus? Not be part of a nice crowd of people, 
but follow the one that these people are actually following. And for some of us this morning, maybe today's the day when you make that decision. I want to follow Jesus. I need this Jesus, this Jesus that we've been singing about, the Jesus who actually is going to the cross to take on our pain and our suffering and our guilt and our shame, that we need forgiveness ourselves. Can't rely on somebody else. We have to look to Jesus and ask him and say, I'm going to follow him, not my own way of living anymore, not the way I want to go, not just adding a bit of good to my life, but turning around and going in a different direction. See, at the moment, the Bible says you're following yourself. You're following other people. You're following other beliefs and systems. But repentance, which Jesus said you must repent, which means turn around. You turn around from your old way of living and you begin to follow Jesus. You go in a different direction. For some of us this morning, maybe that's you. You need to make that decision. I want to become a disciple of Jesus. But listen carefully because it's not going to be always easy. There is a choice. In our church, uh, we just last uh, 18 months ago, we planted another church into the east of our city. We're in the process of planting now a church into the north of our city on an estate called Orchard Park. It sounds very nice, Orchard Park. It's actually probably one of the most despised communities uh, that people look and frown upon uh, in our city. And we had our first sort of community work. That's how we're starting to plant what we call our, this is going to be a congregation now of, of Jubilees. So we're going to have Jubilees, different parts of our community, because we, we realise, and we've always known, not everybody will always be able to get to us, so we need to go to them. Sounds a bit like the Bible, go into all the world. And so we have to go into every part of Bradford, because not every part of Bradford is going to come to us here. And uh, so we go into the north. And it's such a joy because the week before, we just had a little meeting of the, the team that are starting our community work. We're, we started a craft group and we work a lot with mental health. So we call it Positive Living Group. And we gave out leave to invited people. And 14 new people have signed up from that area to come, which was amazing. And the council said, we can never engage in this community. Nobody comes to anything. On that team, as we prayed the week before with my little team, there's Jane. Jane, in addiction for 22 years, comes, meets, encounters Christians in Jubilee, in the city centre. We say, we've got a great course. We've got a CAP release group. Anybody heard of CAP? Not everybody has. Um, And it's changing its name. That's another story. Anyway, CAP release group. Doesn't really matter. Well, we can help you with addiction. She is walking free. She has her son with her. And guess what? A few weeks ago, she moved on to Orchard Park. And I rang her and I said, Jane, could you be part of helping us with the craft group? Oh, yeah, I'd love that because I love meeting people and talking to people. In that prayer meeting, I said to her, Jane, you were one of the first members of my church planting team to Orchard Park. And she went, really? Yes, Jane, it's you. Because Jane is now following Jesus. She made the decision and uh, a year ago to follow Jesus and it's become and now she's understanding I have a role to play on my estate not just talking to people but bringing them into encounter with Jesus it's wonderful have you made that choice how are you like Jane 
She had to come to the point. She loved the welcome. She loved the food and the tea and coffee. She loved the friendship. She loved the, the tips we gave to help her with her addiction. But ultimately, she had to find Jesus because Jesus is the only solution. Maybe you need to make that choice. But there is a cost. Second thing I want to bring to us. Jesus tells his disciples that we are to take up our cross and follow him. I don't know if you've heard that phrase in our culture sometimes say, well, I have a cross to bear. Sometimes it's talking about their husband or wife, you know. It's kind of a, a kind of, I have my cross to bear. It's difficult. But we can kind of sugarcoat that. Taking up the cross, people think, well, it might make, it makes my life a bit more difficult. We maybe have to carry a burden. Life will be a bit more pressured and stresses. Maybe an illness, a, a family situation, a difficult job. We have a cross to bear. However, in the minds of the disciples, they would have understood what Jesus was saying because here they'd already seen what the Romans would do to the criminals. They'd nail them to a cross very publicly with great humiliation, with great distaste and disdain. And Jesus is saying, you've got to take up your cross. Because they had to carry their crosses if they were able up to where they were being killed. Remember the story of Jesus? Some of us would know that story if we've been Christians a while. Jesus struggled and somebody came and helped him because they had to carry their cross to the place of death. And Jesus was saying to people, there's something. You are going to have to die. Things are going to have to be dead and buried in your life if you are to follow me. And it might even cost your life itself. To take up the cross means you're heading to death by the most painful and humiliating, humiliating way that human beings could develop. That's what the disciples understood. Maybe they didn't understand the implications, what that would mean for them in later life. As we know from history that every disciple was killed, maybe apart from one, for their faith in Jesus. What does it mean for us to take up our cross, to have a cost? You know, do you want to follow Jesus? And are you following Jesus? If it means losing some of your closest friends, because there are decisions that you make. Sometimes following Jesus, it means alienation from your family. In our community here in Bradford, like we have in Hull, some, for some people, if they make the decision to follow Jesus, that means their family will never talk to them again. In parts of the world, it will mean a death sentence is put upon them. Do you want to follow Jesus if it means the loss of your reputation? Do you want to follow Jesus if it might mean losing your job? Do you want to follow Jesus if it means you're going to be called to a different area of Bradford to move so you can impact that community or the UK or the world? Do you want to serve? Do you want to give generously? That's what it means to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. Do you want to follow Jesus even if it might mean losing your life? I've got a friend who's in a closed nation of the world that we don't talk about publicly. And he has gone to that nation to share Jesus. His wife has to be covered head to toe as she goes out. And it's very difficult. It's very isolating. But why has he gone there? He's at risk if they knew what was happening, he would be put into pr to prison and certainly tortured. 
but he's following and taking up the cost. And it was a joy when he said to me, another group that he was working with, he went and saw a local person being baptised. And they rejoiced and celebrated because most of the small groups is six people. And he's like, this is why I'm doing it, for the sake of the gospel. Following Jesus doesn't mean all these things are going to happen to you. You're not going to all lose your jobs, all lose your family, all lose your reputation. But Jesus wants us to count the cost. And it's a cost sometimes that we have to decide daily to take up the cross. Martin Luther said this, a religion that gives nothing costs nothing and suffers nothing is worth nothing. You know, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years now, and it has been a joy to follow Jesus, to experience his forgiveness, to know his peace, to be excited as I see what God is doing in my life, but also in the lives of those around me. However, it has been difficult and challenging. I've had to make decisions based on what God says rather than what I would prefer for my own comfort. Twice it's meant moving cities, leaving family, friends, jobs I've loved. Caleb, when he was seven years of age, two weeks screaming every night because he hated his new school, but he wanted to go home to Middlesbrough, begging us, please take me home. And say to him, no, this is our home. Times when I had to support my family on a minimum wage, sometimes not knowing if I was going to have any money the next week. Why? Because I was following Jesus. Fielding false accusations, suffering from post-traumatic stress and depression due to an awful thing that happened to me in the course of my work as a pastor. Being woken in the middle of the night many times by church members outside my window in distress. Having just put somebody in the bath with another friend of mine to clear the sick of them because they were so drunk. Recently we were broken into as a church. Poo was put all on the walls of our, our one of our rooms. The hose pipe was flooded, the whole floor, things were smashed, PA was smashed, and it was just desperate. And at my church were in quite a lot of shock, some of them were very upset. Some of my staff were, the cleaner, who's not a Christian, was particularly upset. And I said, this is what we do as we follow Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes we will face opposition, and we do. Somebody came to me yesterday. And said, do you know what they're saying about Jubilee at the newsagents? It doesn't matter what they say about us. We're even more determined to serve the most vulnerable in our city. Following Jesus isn't always easy. You know, there was once a pig and a chicken. Anybody like uh, pigs and chickens? Anybody keep any chickens? You Bradford people don't keep chickens. Are we doing hull? No, we don't really. Some people do. There was once a pig and a chicken, and they were walking past Light Church when the sign read, help us to feed the hungry through our food bank. And the chicken suggested to the pig that maybe they could help by pitching in some eggs and bacon. The pig responded, easy for you to say, your part requires just a contribution. For me, it is a life or death commitment. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple, Luke 9.23, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, daily, 
Not just a one-off decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. Daily, there are decisions that we make every day. Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to tell somebody about Jesus? Are we going to show compassion to somebody? Are we going to increase our standing order for Light Church? Whatever it is, there are decisions that we make. Somebody once said, on the one side it means the commitment on our part not to give up. A determination to go all the way through. On the other side, it has to do with God's enablement. What God calls us to do, he gives us the grace to accomplish. His commands are at the same time his promise of victory. See, as we make those decisions for Jesus, we find victory. We find joy, even in the difficulty. You know, when your friends encourage you on a Saturday night, I'll go and have another pint. We make the decision, actually, no, I've had enough. When late at night, when the computer is available to look at porn on the internet, say, no, I'm going to bed. When somebody starts gossiping, you ignore them. You don't join in. When your boss is not watching, you continue to work hard. When you've used harsh words to your spouse or your friend, you apologize. When you're tempted to buy something you can't afford at the shop, you go home. When there is a call to serve in the life of the church, it means you're sacrificing your time and energy. But God gives us the grace and the power to live those things out. Yes, following Jesus will be tough. However, it gives us the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to follow him. It's not just pain and drudgery. It gives us joy. He gives us life. He gives us peace, even in the midst of a storm. So there is a choice. There is a cost. And lastly, there is compensation. There is incredible reward to following Jesus. We receive, of course, his forgiveness for wrongdoing. He did carry that cross to death. And on the cross, he was punished for wrongdoing. Our sin, our pain, our suffering was carried by him. We don't need to be crucified. He was killed in our place. We don't have to suffer for our sins. But now we choose to follow Jesus and enter into his suffering. He is there for us. Jesus said, truly I say to you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or fields for me for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. That's wonderful. There is reward from us now, and there's future reward in eternity. You know, as we had that invasion on our church property, that's all it was. You know, the verse came to me, and I told my church this. It says, when the enemy comes in, the correct phrasing of that is, it's like a flood, the spirit of the Lord comes against him. Do you know we've had so much money come into the life of Jubilee since that point from the community, people who don't know Jesus, who felt, I can't even say it, felt very angry about what was happening. And money came in. Volunteers came in. As a result of what's happening, and we got the insurance money for this floor. We've got this massive parquet flooring that's always needed doing. And it's going to be done on the insurance. We've got a new carpet. We've got freshly painted walls. One guy who came from a from a homeless sort of community living house. He said, I just love being here. There's something about being around you people. I love it so much. Thank you for letting me decorate. Can I come back? He's now in a work placement with us. 
and his, his skill is joinery. So we are saving hundreds of pounds each week as he does all those jobs around our building. Sometimes the devil overplays his cards. There are awards, and we've found them. Why don't the band just come up as I want to challenge us again? So there is compensation. There is reward. There is reward for us, even though things are difficult at times. Jesus is all we need to know him through our lives. Where other people go through, Jesus said there'd be many troubles in this world. It's not just us as Christians that face troubles, is it? Our friends do, our family. But we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me, that is in the world. And he enables us. He comes to us. He helps us. There was a young pastor in Zimbabwe, and this note was found in his office. It said this as it was posted through. You better watch out. One dead missionary is as good as a hundred dead terrorists to us. And this is what he wrote. He said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit's power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, smooth knees, colourless dreams, chain visions, worldly talking, cheap living and warped goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits or popularity. Almost ran out pizza. I don't have to be right first. Tops recognised, praised, regarded or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean into his presence, walk by patience and I'm lifted by prayer and I labour with power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my reed is narrow, my way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not finish in the face of sacrifice. Hesitant in the presence of the enemy. Pander at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up or let up till I've prayed up and paid up for the course of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. He said those words. He, that was his response. Very soon after he wrote those words, he was martyred. He was killed. But this is what he understood. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to keep coming alongside the most vulnerable and marginalised. And that's what I said to my church as we've been battling. We had some great press and some bad press. Somebody in my leaders meeting yesterday said, isn't it exciting that some of the people around us hate us because we serve the poor? I said, yes, because we're doing the right thing. And we will pray for our businesses and people. But we're going to keep serving Jesus, no matter if it costs our reputation, my reputation. When they talk about me on the radio last week and put us down and I say... I don't care. I'm following Jesus. Are you following Jesus? Are you going to make those decisions each day? I am going to lay down my life. You know, as Josh and Jen moved to Hull, it's a sacrifice to come. But they've made that decision to come. 
For some of us, we've got to move. Some of us have got new ministries. Some of us have just got to make that decision. Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to follow him? As we, as Mark leads us just in a song, as we finish, first of all, I want to ask if there's anybody here this morning who hasn't yet made that decision to follow Jesus. Today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. You can make that decision to follow Jesus. Yeah, um, just had an encouragement. I said, I was just praying just now, and, and God said to me, what would Bradford look like if every single one of you says yes to Jesus? What change would happen in Bradford? How would your life have to change? Think of that, your city. And for someone here, I, I really feel like this. What would Madagascar look like? Um, I don't know if, if someone here is, is called to Madagascar or something like that. But guys, God is calling us. Every single one of you. He knows you and he wants to use you. What would Bradford look like? What would your family look like? How would your street change? If right now, not next Sunday, not in a few years' time, right now, if you said yes to Jesus. Are you going to say yes to Jesus? I know all of us, I hope, if we're Christians, are going to say yes. But some of us aren't yet Christians. But today's the day, say, I'm going to make that decision to follow Jesus. And like Caleb's encouraged maybe it's a place that God's called you to. Maybe something very specific. And for some of us, have we been speaking, there's specific things. God's gone like, it's that decision you need to make. It's that challenge. It's that change. And in God's grace, he's going to empower us to do this. If you want prayer then we have a prayer team here don't we I think and certainly Josh and Jen and Caleb will help but we'd love to just pray with you for some of us it's making that decision to follow Jesus for the first time for others of us it's praying for us for God's Holy Spirit to empower us as we make that decision yes we are going to go we are going to do that thing we are going to lay down that thing for some of us it is a dream that just needs to die unless it dies it won't produce fruit but we have to lay something down as we follow Jesus so that's response. If you'd like to receive prayer, then please just come forward like we did earlier. That's all we're going to do. He's going to pray. If you don't want to share exactly what it is, it doesn't matter. But if you want to follow Jesus particularly, we're going to pray with you. But anybody else, you've got a decision to make. Why don't Josh and Jen, Caleb, come down. And, and everybody else, as we respond in a moment, we've got to get the kids, I think. But we'd love to just pray with you and ask God to help you.